0: This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in.
1: Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama.
0: Warning: This episode
1: has some swearing in it and a corrupt premiere. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, hello, <laughs> hello, Maddie. Good morning. <laughs> uh, are you ready for a scandalous time? Oh, mate, yeah, <laughs> I am. Uh yep. This is a tale of a premiere and a scandal or two or five. Um and peak like 1980s vibes. Mm. Yeah, it's good. It's Yeah, because I feel like mm. I because I know
0: some things, but I mm. feel like I've very much just got like a Cliff's Notes Wikipedia overview mm-hmm. and mm. it kind of is like this, you know. Dark shadow over the sunshine state, I guess. You know, like if you say his name three times in the mirror,
1: a corrupt yeah. policeman appears. You yeah. know, that's, yeah. that's my, that's the energy. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> it's the story of Joe Peterson. And we're doing it in two parts because it is so juicy that there's actually just so much up and down scandal storytelling that we have to split into two. So this is part one. Exciting times. Strap in. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Bjorka-Peterson was born on the 13th of January, 1911. Wow. Okay. I know. Yep. Yeah, this Like I said, it's a long tale. <laughs> <laughs> In Danavark, New Zealand. So that's good. Uh, both of his parents are Danish and his dad is a pastor, Lutheran pastor. Checks yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. They moved to Australia in 1913 and create a station called Bethany near Kingaroy in Queensland. Oh, yeah? Yep, famous for peanuts. Mm. mm. Um, he had polio as a kid, which resulted in him having a limp for the rest of his life. Hmm. But he lived. Oh, yep, quite a distinctive gait. Yes, he did live. His family were... Very poor. He was often ill and he started working when he was 14 years old and left school to do so, but then later finished correspondence school at UQ years later. And he also taught Sunday school as a kid, like slash <laughs> teenager. Yep. Yep. Get him in while they're young. Mm. And then in 1933, he starts peanut farming, surprise, on new property that the family bought in the Kingaroy area. Mm. So he's part of the peanut empire. Um, <laughs> I, I, I
0: didn't know this bit, although I've, there are parks right. around the area with like their last name on it, yep. but it's not necessarily Joe. Sometimes it's Flo.
1: Yeah, or his parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so he then becomes a land clearer and develops a method to clear land more effectively by joining a chain between two tractors, So basically, he's like, yep, planting peanuts, selling peanuts, clearing land, selling land, becoming quite the businessman. So by 1943, when he's 32, goodness, imagine being 32 in 1943, time warp. Mm. (laughs) Um, He was quite successful and he also got his pilot license, and this allowed him to aerial spray and seed. So basically, farm from the air. Ah. And I people are like, mm, this is good. This is mm. excellent. Here's our money. And then in 1944, a year later, when he's 33, he starts a plebiscite against the current member of the country party for Nanango to try and take the seat. So he basically is like, hey, everybody, I should be the member instead. Wow, was he in the party at all, or he just I, he would he might have been a member by that point. Mm. He would have had to have been to run. Um, he did not win the plebiscite, though. Mm. <laughs> it's a bold move. It is a bold move. Um, so he instead, two years later in nineteen forty six, uh, ran for Kingaroy Shire Council and was elected to the council. So king of king of Kingaroy. Um, Mm. And from here, he built quite the profile and eventually got the party endorsement for Nanango anyway. Hmm. Yeah. He was elected officially in 1947 when he was 36. Wow. Yeah. And he often spoke on the radio and loved being a part of the media. Like he was, you know, Mm. very, very chummy with the media. So to give context, the Labor Party had been in power in Queensland since 1932. So they've been kicking around for a little while and Joe Bioka-Peterson spends 11 years in opposition in the country party until (laughs) he then doesn't. So in 1952, Joe marries Flo, Mm -hmm. Florence Gilmore, and then in 1957, the Labor Party has a split in the party and, like, they lose seats and power. And the country party come to power with the Liberal as their, like, junior coalition partner. So it's kind of like the coalition the now reverse. except yeah. the country party, which is the national party, mm. were the alpha. The big one, yeah. yeah, Yep. Yeah. And Joe's friend, Nicklin, was in charge. So Nicklin was the guy that endorsed him. For the seat of Nenango previously, is Nicklin Way on the Sunshine Coast? Yeah, named
0: after him. Mm-hmm. There we go.
1: Well, actually, could be that could Long be, road? That we don't know. be incorrect because Nicklin was also one of the first settler families in um, that area. I yeah. know that because I was in the Nicklin sports group at my primary school in Palmwoods. There you go. That probably makes more sense. That explains the road. This name haunts me. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere I go. <laughs> My parents still live in that area. Um wild. So yeah. So so to give context, like we gotta talk about Queensland and politics for a second. Because it is it's kind of arguably like, for the whole episode. Yeah, but we but just yeah. gotta explain mm. the the wild, wild west, mm. northeast, <laughs> the wild northeast. <laughs> so Queensland is Australia's least centralised state. So that means that more people live outside of Brisbane than do live in Brisbane. Mm. And it's also the second most um, like spread out population after WA, which is, you know, part of the reason why they're having trouble vaccinating people Mm. because as someone who just spent three weeks in the outback, like one, none of them have had a whiff of COVID at all, so it's not a real threat. And two, it takes time to get Royal Flying Doctors and nurses out to those areas to Mm. vaccinate people.
0: Yeah, there's not enough
1: GPs at the best of times. Yeah, like you literally fly them in or you Mm. fly to them. So it's a time. Um, And this was even more so back from the 50s to the 80s. Mm. And Queensland is weird in that we have multiple major cities like the Gold Coast, Cairns, Mackay and Rockhampton. And unlike... You know, for example, Wollongong and Central Coast of New South Wales, these places are far away from each other and yeah. are also highly agricultural. Mm. So that's why people often, like, you know, float the idea about having a North Queensland and a South Queensland as separate states because in so many ways they are different places. Yeah, um, yeah. see the NRL. <laughs> we have different football teams for a reason. And so conservative votes are higher in this state, and parties like the Nationals and the Kata Party do really well. And during Joe's time, the Nationals were called the Country Party and they historically received more votes than the Liberal Party. So the Liberal Party were small fry.
0: Mm, well, because even like the cities
1: at that time were big country towns. Yeah, and some of them still are. Yeah. And so it's it's funny because it's also why Labor has a stronghold in Queensland because although mm. it isn't a conservative party, it is the party that represents a lot of the concerns of the working class and the union mm. movement. And the union movement and the Labor Party, the modern Labor Party, started in Queensland in Mark yeah. Holden. So in many ways elections here often come down to miners, farmers, builders, teachers, nurses, like and and the party that those people think will represent their best interests at the time Mm. which is why it's such a funny swing Mm. anyway (laughs) however during joe's time there is another way that the country party received more seats on top of all of this Mm. i am foreshadowing we will get to that Yes, okay. I I do know this. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So jump back to Joe. In 1963, Nicklin, our good friend, (laughs) makes Joe minister for works and housing. And during this time, Joe builds some schools and some police stations, among other things. Very favourable, very good ways to become popular with back benches and stuff like that mm. um, because you can be like i'll be to build a police station in your seat over there and they're like great i will support you on this bill that you're going to do um mm. at times he was acting minister for police also yep. foreshadowing <laughs> Just sprinkle that in there. Just placing that there for mm. dramatic tension. We will come back to you later. Uh, <laughs> so then, five years later, again in 1968, Nicklin retires and Jack Pizzy becomes Premier. He's Pizzy, I know. Never heard of him. No. Well, there's a reason. Okay. Why. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't laugh too hard, Jessica. Oh, um, dear. Pizzy. Poor Pizzy. Well, yeah, Pizzi makes um, Joe deputy leader of the country party, but it's the, like, the liberal leader that's the deputy premier because of the coalition. Mm. And after seven months on the job um, on July 31st, 1968, Pizzi has a heart attack and dies. No, Yeah. That's probably why you haven't heard about him. Yeah. Anyway. Was he old? I don't know. I didn't look it up. Someone look it up for fun (laughs) or not. I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Joe Bielke Peterson. So, back to Joe. Um, So, after a bit of fisticuffs with the Liberal leader, because they were like, I should become the Premier because I am the leader of the Liberal Party. And Joe's like, No, you shouldn't. I should be the leader because I'm the deputy leader of the country party and we are the major player in this coalition. Mm. They go to fisticuffs and essentially Joe succeeds, um, becomes the new Premier of Queensland. Basically, he threatens to pull the country party from the coalition if they don't let him become Premier. (laughs) And the Liberals are like, well, (laughs) mm. okay. So on the 8th of August 1968, Joe was sworn in as Premier and Minister for Police. Months after first being sworn in, his first controversy strikes so <laughs> literally within months like it mm. begins a decade prior in 1959 he paid 2 pounds 2 whole pounds mm. for an authority to prospect which is basically approval from the government to search for natural resources oil etc and he gets this on a large block of land in far north queensland And so a series of confusing business things follow, but essentially he incorporates a business and calls it the Artesian Basin Oil Co. Proprietary as and he is the sole shareholder of this company that he creates. (laughs) But then later the same day that he incorporates this company, he sells 51% of the company to an American company for over 12,500 quid. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so the day after that, he asks to transfer the authority to prospect to the company that he's now sold it to. And the conflict of interest lies in the fact that he has to ask the mines minister for mm. this to happen. And he clearly has like a political working relationship with this minister and of course the minister approves. So basically in like 48 hours, Joe makes a quick two and a half thousand pounds with a guarantee that this company will have the rights to find oil in Queensland, a US company. Mm, okay. It, it gets worse. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I know. I was like, oh, that's scandalous, and then it literally gets way worse. So <laughs> the company he started, um, Artesian Basin, blah, 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 years later transfers it authority to prospect to another company again mm. called XOIL and L, and Joe had bought a million shares in XOIL. well. Well, well. So he's, like, selling things to himself. Mm. (laughs) And then, so, like, three whole weeks after he becomes Premier, Joe's government gives Oil, as well as another company, Trans Oil, which he also has shares in. Dear Lord. Leases to prospect in the Great Barrier Reef. Ah man. Yeah. So – Obviously, us recording from the year of our Lord 2021, we know what ends up happening to the Great Barrier Reef, but also it's like he's given himself permission Mm. to make a lot of money. And so then (laughs) like the Labor opposition leader reveals all of this information, including the fact that Joe went from a two-pound investment to owning Mm. shares worth over 720,000 Australian dollars. Goodness. Yeah. Joe denied any wrongdoing, but resigned is oh, yeah. director from Artesian, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So he's made a mozzarella and then been like, I just won't own the company and mm. I just won't be the director anymore. Still owns some shares. Anyway. Mm. Mm-hmm. So remember what I foreshadowed earlier? <laughs> Well, here we are. (laughs) In March 1969, Joe and the Country Party win the Queensland election. The Country Party received 21.1% of the votes but got 26 seats. The Liberal Party won 23.7% of the vote, so a higher percentage, Mm. but only got 19 seats. Less seats. Mm. The Labour Party won forty five point one percent of the vote, but only get thirty-one seats. Um it's not maths that I believe in. No, <laughs> and I'm like
0: I'm not good at maths. Mm-hmm. Um and even I know that
1: doesn't quite make sense. No. Hey, so Labour got forty five percent, thirty one seats. And yeah, country got twenty-one percent and twenty-six seats. So when you double that with the liberals, anyway, so they get Mm. a majority because of their coalition and because of some dodgy math. So how does this happen? Uh, Mm. well, it's a little thing called malapportionment, which I'm not gonna say again because I can't say it. (laughs) Yeah. It's a word that doesn't sound that long and then when you look at it spelt out, it's like, Mm. um, excuse me, is this Welsh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Barubidi is the <laughs> creation of electoral districts with divergent ratios of voters to representatives. For example, if one single member district has 10,000 voters and another has 100,000 voters, voters in the smaller district will have 10 times the influence. So essentially like people in the country – their votes are weighted much higher. Mm. So you may have like a seat, a giant seat in Queensland that is huge but only has you know a hundred people in it. Mm. <laughs> more than that. but let's <laughs> <laughs> And then if there's heaps of those, the country party can win heaps of seats and therefore run government, even though more people voted for a different party.
0: Mm. There is no, like,
1: proportional representation in
0: this scenario.
1: Yeah. See US elections mm. <laughs> 2016 <laughs> and 2020 and, like, oh, just see every US Even election. more confusing. Yeah. That's how their body works. So, like, their electoral mm. college, there are states that have higher. It's it's just not quite one person equals one vote equals mm. 1%. Um. Yeah, so this tactic that was being used is where the nickname the hillbilly dictator started to arise for Joe. And the thing is, like, it's technically not illegal because it's the lawmakers who are doing it. Mm. Like it's not it's not a secret. It's not – it's just a thing that they're doing. And yeah. so it's maybe unethical, but it's technically not illegal. So uh, our system now is significantly less stacked. So part of the reason why – um seats the borders and the names change semi-frequently these days are to make sure that one citizen equals one vote equals one percent and that doesn't mean that parties can't shift things in their favor slightly at all that still Mm. can sometimes happen i'm not making any accusations but it can Mm. and probably will um but it is significantly better than it used to be in queensland in the 80s yeah Yeah. so it's like
0: as populations changes yeah like Electoral lines are redrawn. so it, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they're often redrawn every election or two, like mm. slightly. Um, not all of them, but ones that need mm. to be. Do. Yeah. Yeah. So Joe has a landslide victory of his own making. <laughs> <laughs> and then a year later in 1970, he again has some controversy. So it turns out <laughs> his wife <laughs> Flo... Mm -hmm. a bunch of ministers working underneath him and a bunch of public servants working underneath him buy shares in another bloody mining company. Mm -hmm. And it's that company that had direct dealings with Joe's government getting approvals and all of this stuff happened. So basically like a bunch of ministers buy some shares one day and then by the end of that same day, the shares have doubled in price. Mm. Okay. Joe denied any wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) there, October that same year, the country party lost a by-election on the Gold Coast and they lose a seat. And this triggers some leadership rumblings and a potential leadership spill and several MPs in the country party were ready to give Joe the boot because he kept having these controversial things Mm. happen. And they held a party room vote for the leadership And Joe won by one vote. However, Joe also produced a proxy vote for an MP who happened to be overseas and could not be contacted.
0: (laughs) So he voted for himself.
1: Yeah, Mm. via someone else. Okay. Yeah, like openly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like it wasn't like a journalist revealed this Mm. years later. It was like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Mm. And then so after that happens, some of the country party members are like, um what? <laughs> and they they line up to support the Labour Party in a vote of no confidence. So a vote of no confidence is when the opposition are like, the government is not doing their job. Mm. Yeah. And people can cross can cross the aisle essentially mm. to go, yep, yeah, we they agree. agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, However, (laughs) the country party president intervenes and says that anyone who attempted to do so would no longer have the party's endorsement for the next election. Wow. So he blackmails them. Mm. Yep. Okay. Again, like openly and publicly. Mm. Not secret. That's wild. Yep. So then in 1971, (laughs) (laughs) the Springboks, which is the South African rugby team, uh, come to Brisbane and lots of people are protesting this because South Africa was still an apartheid mm. um, and the <laughs> it was wild. So the match coincides with two by-elections that Joe needs to win mm. and in the run-up there's plans for a huge demonstration on the day of the match and these by-elections. And what Joe does to prevent this is declare a month-long state of emergency. Wow. And when that happens, he has all of the right to exert as much force as needed to do whatever is required in his eyes.
0: What was, like, the excuse? Like, how did, how did he justify that, um,
1: that? The violence, like public violence would occur. Yeah. And so 600 police officers were sent to Brisbane Mm. to patrol. And like picture Brisbane now with 600 police officers in the CBD. Picture it in 1971 where it was probably 40% Mm. smaller and less developed. Yeah, that's a a lot. lot. Yeah. So in response to this, 40 trade unions hold a 24-hour strike And other protesters do actually gather. Like people just go, nah, we're we're Mm. gathering, we don't care. And they gather outside the Wickham Terrace Hotel, which is where the Springboks are staying. And it's a peaceful protest, but they are chased away by police Mm. and many people are attacked by police, like punched, hit, kicked. All of these things happen. The game is played behind a high barbed wire fence. To a wow. crowd of 7,000 people. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Weird, hey. So, Bjorka Peterson praised police for their restraint mm. during this time. Oh, yeah. And he even rewarded the union, the police union, um, with an extra week of leave for every officer in Queensland. Wow. He publicly spoke about this time and described the tension of this event as great fun, a game of chess, and the political arena. Oh, man. Because the crisis had put him on the map. What a scumbag. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) he also later is on the record with calling out um, the Federal Labor Party for critiquing South Africa. So he's never Mm. publicly been like, I'm pro-apartheid, but he's like, I'm anti-people who are anti-apartheid. Yeah. Which I think speaks for itself. It does. In 1972, Labor has a landslide federal election electing Gough Whitlam. Mm. The country party has a landslide state election in Queensland. (laughs) So this time the country party has 26 seats with only 20% of the vote. Liberals get 21 seats. Labor got 33 seats from 46.7% of the vote. That's only 33 seats. Yep. So then over the next decade, a lot of stuff happens. So like Joe was in power for literally forever. He was in power for 19 Mm. years, (laughs) the longest-running premier in Queensland to this day. Anastasia Palaszczuk is a close, not a close second, but (laughs) she is second. Uh, or is about to be second or something like that mm. but yeah so we're just going to like try and smash through some of this because it's hectic and it escalates mm. really quickly so after this specific election Joe gets better at working with media because he hires a new press secretary and starts having daily media conferences daily yeah remember mm-hmm. before covid yeah and we did not ha- we didn't have daily press conferences, and it's something that's happened during COVID because we're in a state of emergency. Mm. Yeah, he just did it. Wow. Mm. Yeah. He starts attacking the Whitlam government a lot, like Mm -hmm. a lot, and he vows to bring them down even though he's a state politician. Whitlam calls him a Bible-bashing bastard, a paranoid, a bigot, and a fanatical.
0: Wow, that's colourful and <laughs> yeah.
1: is he wrong? <laughs> they they really, they really, yeah, beat each other. A nice up. alliteration in there too. Mm-hmm. So the Queensland government buys Joe a plane, which oh, is yeah. then upgraded to a better plane, and then a couple of years later, upgraded to an even better one. So they mm-hmm. buy him three planes in the space of like five six years. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And Joe is a pilot, if you remember, from mm. his farming, his peanut, his peanut glory. Mm. <laughs> um, but essentially, he can fly wherever he wants to spread his message using a government-funded plane. Mm. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so in 1974, Whitlam wins an election big time. Joe runs a huge anti-communist campaign against this. So this is peak Medicare time Mm. and he holds huge rallies and flies to multiple locations and he's basically running these massive rallies that he flies to and everyone shows up and they love Joe and they're chanting for Joe and it reminds me of a politician (laughs) In America recently. Terrifying. Yep. And his coalition gains a 16.5% swing in the next election he has. Wow. Yeah. And so he's gone from, like, getting seats by being dodgy Mm. with how the seats are allocated to actually gaining legitimate popularity. Mm-hmm through this massive media circus.
0: Yeah. People just like bombard it.
1: Yep. he's all they see. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's it's really interesting talking about this in COVID times where we're seeing that at the moment, like lots of people mm. either are really, really for or really, really against their premieres because they see them every single day. And there's this like really intimate relationship mm. that they have with them that a lot of the population haven't had before. Yeah, it's really odd. And Joe was really divisive. Like people either Mm. loved him or they hated him. Mm. So similar vibes. Yeah. But before the internet. So, Mm. you know, newspaper and TV is the only way. Yeah. And he's capitalizing those mediums. Mm. Wild. 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 Yeah. And so in 1975, Whitlam is outed as prime minister and Joe claims to have played a key role in this. Oh, yet Yeah, he's publicly, like, on the record talking about how the Queensland police held critical documents in relation to the scandal that forced Whitlam out. Uh, these documents have never been found. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So during all this time, Queensland was the least taxed state in the country. So Joe... Doesn't believe in tax. It's too socialist. He doesn't believe in public health care. He doesn't believe in like public funded education. He's like, we fund the police. <laughs> what a and nightmare. And we make up for our low levels of revenue by introducing betting on the football and granting casino licenses and making a mozza off of, yeah, gambling essentially. Mm grim yep so that's good um it reminds me of another politician that has made (laughs) a living off of casinos but anyway (sighs) yeah so police conduct a raid at a hippie commune setting fire to residences and just destroying people's homes in far north Queensland rude for one Mm -hmm. um why they claimed that they were raiding for marijuana, but what happened was that the police commissioner, White Rod, he wanted to hold an inquiry because mm. the police commissioner himself was like, "This is dodgy, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. I don't." There was no evidence, mm. and then Joe O'Keefe Peterson refuses to conduct an inquiry. Wow! And then the commissioner holds one anyway. Good. And from the findings of that, he charges a bunch of police officers and then he quits on the same day. Good on him. He publicly states that his resignation was a win for corruption, but he had to do it because he could no longer deal with the Premier's interference and in police work. Wow. Yeah. So things are starting to bubble away here but we don't quite know what they are mm. but the police commissioner is saying the police did the wrong thing mm. how how often does that happen i've i've, I've not experienced it no <laughs> no <sighs> so then in 1977 joe publicly says the day of the street march is over and he creates a policy that basically denies any permits for protest. He says, like, you know, apply all you want, you'll never get one. Wow. Yeah. Of course, in response to this, people protested. Yeah. What a a crazy idea. (laughs) Quite a bit. Yeah, so marches and street riots occurred and they were often quite violent between protesters and police. Things Mm. really escalated. There were two big ones in particular. Um, And the Uniting Church called for the policy to be reversed, defending the right to public protest. And Mm. they started a campaign where they got a few of the other denominations on side as well to say, like, this is a police state. This is not okay. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so literally the head of the police and the head of the church saying (laughs) that Joe is doing the wrong thing, Um, red flags everywhere. Mm. (laughs) yeah so the decrease in civil liberties in queensland prompt even the country party president to warn joe and his government that they were heading down the path of fascism yeah so the the president previously mm. was like no no like don't go against joe mm. um and this might be, have been a different president or the same one i couldn't actually find out but Yeah, the same party is like, oh, even we're a bit concerned now. And so leading up to an election in 1977, there was a massive protest and 400 protesters were arrested. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. So if you've listened to our Boggo Road Jail episode, a lot of people in that prison, well, a, a significant amount of people in that prison were there because of stuff that was happening with this Mm. Like Joe Bianca-Peterson and his policies were putting those people in that prison.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: So just keep that in mind. Uh, The country party won again. They won the election again after restructuring their seats again. Classic. (laughs) Yeah. And so a year later in 1978, thousands of people protest in the city and they meet – like brutal police force. So this is leading up to a by-election again Mm. and the national party, so they're no longer the country party, won only 10% of that vote in that by-election. So this was like an, yeah, this was a by-election for a seat where clearly it was a more metropolitan area. Mm. Um, Yeah. So then in 1980, another year later, Joe wins another state election and Flo is elected to the Senate. His <laughs> okay. wife gets a seat mm-hmm. in the Senate. Yep. And the Nationals pick up quite a few new seats, so they win quite significantly. So this is the point where Joe is still massively divisive, but he starts becoming actually popular. Interesting. So rather than just winning through the – disproportionate votes and seats Mm. he is actually winning yeah so strange yeah interesting the seat's still helping Mm. (laughs) but yeah so he takes advantage of this extreme popularity and he forces the seven liberal coalition to only seven liberal people were elected in this election, because the Nationals mm. won so many more seats. He forces the seven liberal coalition dudes to sign an agreement that they would back all national party decisions without question. <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh Joe bjorka Peterson is on the record for treating LGBTQI people quite poorly. Mm-hmm. His government made efforts to stop um Gay and lesbian teachers from being employed, and gay students from forming any kind of support groups. When the AIDS epidemic reached Australia, his government publicly demonised queer people, and as most of the other states decriminalised same sex acts, Bjorka Peterson attempted to introduce more, more, wow. yeah, more laws criminalising. It. Mm. Yeah. So then also in 1980, TAB chairman, Sir Edward Lyons, is caught driving over the double alcohol limit and he's a close friend of Joe and Mm -hmm. is never charged. I mean, that checks out. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In December 1983, (laughs) the Bureau International the Expositions, BIE, hmm. um, is, the, is held, the General Assembly is held, and Brisbane wins the right to hold the 1988 World Exposition. Expo. So, I'm, I'm Expo wearing Expo 88. Oh, you are? Look. Hmm. <laughs> I was about to be like, we planned this. And I was like, no, this is no. literally just what you would be wearing yeah. any day. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. And so, then, also in 1983, the deterioration of the coalition between liberal and nationals comes to a head. And mm. So, this massive like leadership fisty cuffs again, and Joe dissolves the coalition. He's like, "We I don't mean, need you anymore."
0: Like-
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, "We actually don't need them anymore." The National Party is a major party. And the Liberal Party have to join the crossbench <laughs> and go and sit with Labor. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Joe calls for an election for October um, and the National Party wins big time. Big time. Mm. So they have 82 seats, Labor has 32, and the Liberal Party has eight seats. That's not a lot. But may I point out, Mm. Country party, 82 seats, Mm -hmm. 38.9% of the vote, so 82, 38. Uh Labor party, 32 seats, Mm -hmm. 44% of the vote. They had a higher percentage of the vote and they got 32 seats when the country party got 82. That is like... Unbelievable. Yeah. And people are talking about it. Like it's not Mm. a secret. People around the country are like democracy is falling apart in Queensland. Like Queensland isn't a democracy anymore. Mm. (laughs) Hence the hillbilly dictator. Yeah. Yeah. But because of his populism around him as well, like he can construct a narrative that that's not the case. Mm. So he can be like, no, I won the election fair and square. Or if you were to lose, it would be like, that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so just combats things with noise.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So then you get distracted and confused.
1: Yep. Mm. During this time, Flo becomes well-known for a pumpkin scone recipe. It's a thing. Like, it's yeah. still a thing. Mm. It's still a thing. When she yeah. died, the ABC were like, in honour of Flo, here's her pumpkin scone <laughs> recipe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wow. Yeah. The ABC. Anyway, mm. so in, in
1: 1985, a bunch <laughs> the secret of. Secret
0: ingredient
1: oh, is corruption. Corruption. <laughs> <laughs> is a corrupt police officer. Mm. Secret ingredient is mystery arson. Oh, yeah. Also foreshadowing for mm. episode two, BT dubs. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> in 1985, a bunch of Gold Coast property developers start a Joe for PM campaign. Mm-hmm. And then in 1986, he wins another Queensland election. And this is when I stopped tracking the percentages because I was like, we all know that it's a yeah. sham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm too tired to keep <laughs> tracking them. <sighs> Also in 1986, the Sturgis inquiry into sexual offences involving children and related matters mouthful was used mm. by the government to link pedophilia and queerness. That is not yep. 86. Good news. Cliff Williams, who was an out and proud gay man in Australia, wrote to the National Gay Magazine Outrage. Yes. A U Capital O. U-T, capital R, H-E-E, outrage. Fun. Ah, amazing. Um, <laughs> and he talks about a number of difficulties of being gay in Queensland and he ends the letter with, to hell with homophobic Queensland, exclamation point. Mm-hmm. In January 1987, Joe Bjorka Peterson declares that he is going to run for the House of Representatives officially starting his Joe for Canberra campaign. Mm -hmm. Quote, there'll be no challenge to Joe Bjorka-Peterson as long as Joe Bjorka-Peterson wants to stay. Wow. Said Joe (laughs) Bjorka-Peterson. However, in May 1987, the same year a few months later, a couple of journalists had a different plan. (laughs) Join us for part 2 where we talk about arson, drugs, crime, scandal, cover up, all sorts of wildness. The Fortitude Valley disappearing in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. The Fortitude Valley has bodies buried underneath it, I swear. Mm. <laughs> like, one day we're going to dig up some building and be like, "Oh man, it'll be life factory when they cuz they're developing <laughs> yeah, around
0: there." It will. They're going to yeah, find
1: yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. More like Death Factory. Ah. Anyway, yeah. it's gonna be juicy. Cool. This wow. is this episode we just did is the run up to mm. one of the biggest, probably the biggest political scandal in Australia ever. Yeah. Absolute chaos. I see you there. My yeah. <laughs> my sources for this episode are the ABC, Shirlene Robinson at UQ, Wikipedia and The Conversation. Cool. Well, next week, that'll be Part exciting. two.
0: Yeah. factoroo. Um. Factoroo.
1: <laughs> <Le fact-a-roo. laughs>
0: well, I can't do Electric boogaloo every time. <laughs> no, you can't. Um, but, yeah, follow us no. on Instagram at Australianorama. <laughs> Chuck us a message. It's very wholesome when that happens. Uh, but you can send us an email to Australianorama at gmail.com.
1: And tell other people about us. Like if you're having a great time, we would love that. It's just so yeah, nice when sweet. we get a message from someone being like, so-and-so told me about this. So, you know, we really appreciate when you share share the love around. It means yeah. a lot. Thanks. It really does. Thanks, team. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.